Is your parenting journey turning out differently than you imagined? It's never too late to begin your family's transformation journey. Welcome to the Adoption Wise Podcast, formerly the Adoption Connection Podcast, where you'll rediscover the confident and connected parent you long to be. I'm Lisa C. Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it and we're here for you. Well, Melissa, it is the end of 2023 and this is our last episode of the year. So last year we had such a good time recording an episode about what we learned in 2022 and we got a ton of feedback from all of you listeners that you liked it too. So we decided we're going to repeat that again this year. But with new questions. Yes, new questions. And a different year, let me tell you, right? Yeah. I can barely, I mean, it doesn't even feel like that long ago that happened or that people were telling us how much they enjoyed it. I don't know. I don't know where this year went. I know. It's so, so true. Well, I did give some thought to questions. We've talked about our questions. Should we just jump in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, Melissa, I'm going to, I'm going to let you answer first. Our first question in our What We Learned in 2023 is, describe a moment of clarity you had in 2023. I can think of quite a few. This has been the year for at least Patrick and me to really dig deep, more deeply into kind of our own work. It's the first maybe full year, I think, that I've been meeting with a spiritual director I was finally able to get on my therapist's kind of recurring calendar. I think one moment of clarity that I've had really maybe in the last six months is how comfortable our poor coping mechanisms are. Like, you know, when we start doing work or we wish our partner would start doing work or all these things, it's almost like be careful what you wish for because I have all these things in my head that I imagine could be different in like, especially my marriage. There's certain things that I enjoy that I'm not wishing would go away, but doing your work like upsets the apple cart. So it's just like clarity that work is hard. And like, in some ways I knew that, but I was telling someone recently, in some ways as we're each trying out new behavior patterns and responses, even though we've been married for 21 years, it almost feels like being newlyweds again because we're like relearning each other's new responses. Well, being newlyweds again, I, you know, it sounds kind of romantic, but man, I would not go back. It's the hard part <laughs> though. It's not the fun part. It's not yes. like the, it doesn't feel as like fun because there's all this water under the bridge. Like we, like now it's just, it's the part where you're not quite comfortable together yet because you don't know each other's things. And then there's like, we got to that point and then we realized that some of that stuff was not as fantastic. Well, I'm a seven. So I always think everything's like going swimmingly unless someone like <laughs> flashes it in my face that it's not. There's been some clarity there where I've been like, I, we're fine. We're, we, I thought we were fine. We're fine. Right. <laughs> then, <laughs> then I'm like, Oh, maybe. Maybe we weren't as fine as we thought. We were just avoiding. Well, you know, I think that points to the fact, I mean, you guys have been married how many years now? 21. Yeah, 21 years. 
And it points to the fact that our marriages grow and change over the years. They don't stay the same, you know, because we don't stay the same. We're growing, we're changing. I mean, we're definitely looking at, you know, Lord willing, our youngest will graduate from high school a year and a half from now. And when he does, we will have had been parenting children in our home, I think at that point, 38 years. We're looking ahead and thinking, wow, what do we want our life to look like? What do we want it to feel like? Now, anything could happen between now and then. And some of that choice that we are anticipating we'll have to make some new decisions may not, we may not get what we think we're going to get. I mean, if there's anything we've learned, right? Like life takes different turns and God takes us on different journeys than we sometimes expect. But, you know, just exploring that together is is just interesting. I just feel like Russ and I are coming into maybe, hopefully, a new stage and looking forward to it. And, you know, for everyone listening, we all know that parenting children with the level of need that most of our kids have, it takes a toll. It just takes a toll on us, on our marriages, You know, it's hard to imagine that we might get to the point that Russ and I are going to get to the point where we won't be doing the day-to-day parenting. And how is that going to feel? I think it's actually going to be quite nice for our marriage because this has been hard. It's just been hard. So yeah, yeah, marriage, it's such, I mean, such a gift. I always feel like Russ, marrying Russ is the second best decision I ever made in my life. The first being giving my life to the Lord and following Christ. But I'm so thankful, but I'm also thankful that some of this pressure will, will ease in time. Yeah. So what, what about clarity for you this year? You're going to be really familiar with this because we've talked about it so much. I had such a moment of clarity of realizing that, you know, I'd been on this path in my work, my ministry where I'm like, okay, my kids are getting older. I can do more. I can travel more. I can do all these things. And it really became very clear to me that my high school boys need me home. It was a difficult year in 2023 to say no to so many things and to rein myself in and say, this isn't actually the season to speak more, travel more, do more. This is the season to stay focused. And so for me, it was a little hard. It was a little hard for me. And there were times when I felt like, what on earth? My kids are, they're big kids. Why can't I say yes to this or that? But once I accepted it and I realized that this is a season where I need to say no to everything in 2023, unless it is absolutely clear that the Lord is saying, this is the one, do this one, you know? And I had to do a lot of communicating with Russ about what I could and couldn't do, what worked for our family. So I feel like in some ways I had a little bit of that, wow, everybody else is doing all these exciting things and I'm staying home. And I also, though, eventually got to a point of sort of some peace. Like, not that I wasn't disappointed not to do some things, but some peace that I feel like the clarity for me is I need to finish strong with my boys. This isn't the time to to ease up and pay less attention. I actually need to pay more attention. And if you'd asked me several years ago, I would not have anticipated that. 
but it's definitely been a moment of clarity and really it will probably continue quite a bit into 2024 where I'm just going to have to keep my focus. And so that affects a lot of things. I feel like it's a decision for your future self though, because I don't think you're ever going to regret dedicating these years to making sure the boys knew that you were on their team, you know, on their side available to them. Oh, I think you're right. And you know, one of the big commitments I made was that I would not miss a single football game during my son's senior football season because that was what was so important to him. And I have no regrets about that. That was a very, very good decision. And I, I'm glad. I mean, it, it, that was, this is all clarity for me, you know? So that was probably one of my most significant. I also feel like anytime you can make a single decision that takes a bunch of other decisions off your plate, like it was really easy when speaking stuff came in and you were like, no, I'm not doing that this year. And like, <laughs> I feel like the de- decision fatigue is so strong in my brain right now. Like I'm so sick of making decisions. And so. The fact that you had made that decision for 2023 and potentially a good part of 2024 in some ways, even though there was disappointment having to say no to a lot of that stuff, like it kind of was freeing. It was. I mean, it did make it easier for us to, as adoption wise, like, no, Lisa's not available, but Melissa is, you know, like it, it did make some things easier. So yes. Anyhow, that was my moment of clarity. Okay. Melissa, next question. Name something that became newly important to you in 2023. So when you posed these questions to me, I think even two weeks ago, I wasn't sure exactly. And then even in that amount of time, our family has picked up a new hobby. PJ started dating a girl sometime this year, and she's really into indoor bouldering. And he got in. And then immediately was like PJ or tried to get Mia in and they immediately were like, oh my gosh, Ty would be so good at this because, you know, Ty's thing is like ninja. He's got all this upper body strength. Okay. I got to interrupt. You have to tell us what bouldering is. Bouldering. It's like rock climbing. It's low rock climbing without ropes. Like you're not in a harness. Like everything's low enough that if you fall, you shouldn't die. You might break something. Like. The highest we climb is probably like 10 feet, which is still pretty high for me. Like I have, I actually, my worst fear is actually free falling. So this has been like a little bit outside my comfort zone and neither Patrick nor I have any like upper body strength. Like we, and we did not gift that to our kids by birth. So like they're working for it. So like one by one, we got roped in and So Mia got a membership to the rock climbing gym and then they kept like pushing us to try it. So we finally tried like just maybe two weeks ago. It's kind of this cool atmosphere, like because climbing's so intense and it requires like so much strength, like people take breaks all the time. So like there's people just chilling all over the gym. So you go for like two hours and you like climb a little bit, you like sit around, you like watch other people climb. You demonstrate climbs for other, like if there's someone climbing with you who's like trying to work on something you already done, you like show them how you did it. Like it's very communal and it's not just physical. It's very, so they're not even called climbs. They're called problems. They're like problems to solve because there's different types of climbs that highlight different skill sets. Some highlight balance more than like strength. Some are strength climbs. And 
based on your body type changes how you have to solve the problem to climb. Like Mia is incredibly flexible. So she can like use her feet. She can get her feet like above her head to like solve some of the problems. Ty has tons of upper body strength. So he just kind of like monkeys his way through. I have zero upper body strength. So it's kind of fun to like, to it's like, it's very cognitive, you know, and like you have to learn how to, like I have to figure out how to regulate myself when I'm like halfway up a wall and all of a sudden I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I want to panic and like jump down or fall down or just climb down when instead it's like, okay, can you regulate like enough to stay in your creative brain and like look around and figure out like if there's some other way than the obvious thing to do. So it's been really good for Ty because it's in his wheelhouse, but it also challenges him like spatial awareness, coordination. There's a lot of perseverance, right? To like try different climbs over and over again until you solve it. So, and it's like a great full body workout that's fun, that feels fun. Like it feels hard. We're all sore all the time now, but yeah. So that's what's fun right now and new in 2023. That's how we're ending out the year. (laughs) I like it. That sounds really, I, I mean, I have a serious problem with heights. So I probably would not enjoy that, but I like the idea of it. I like exercise. It's fun. I do, even though I'm not an Enneagram seven by any stretch, but I do like to do things that I enjoy. So this, this year, Russ has really gotten back into cycling, which he used to commute by bike to work or commute, commute to work by bike. (laughs) And He's gotten back in to do that, but he's also gotten into trail riding and doing all this stuff. And I'm really happy for him, but I haven't found my new thing yet. Well, we'll have to see. Maybe that'll come in 2024. All right. Newly important to me in 2023. So I've been, I recently completed the first phase of my spiritual direction program and training to become a spiritual director during the course of, I think it was about a year and a half long. We started doing different spiritual practices. And one of the ones that we were taught was centering prayer, which really centering prayer is about getting silence in the Lord's presence and then not doing all the talking. You know, so often we think of prayers, okay, I'm going to go to God with my list, you know, but in centering prayer, we sit in silence and we, we let God speak to us, you know, and, and usually you'll choose like a scripture or a word or something that you focus on using your breath. And I'll explain that more in just a second. But anyhow, so when we would meet for our, we met four times for retreats during my program and they were at this monastery. It was really beautiful. And we would start every morning in silence and centering prayer. So we would gather and we would all sit in silence for 20 minutes which felt pretty strange at first, you know, but I pretty quickly got used to it. Well, of course, we were supposed to be practicing this at home, and I could never make time for it. For some reason, it finally clicked with me, like in September. (laughs) This is like a year and a half into the program, but it finally clicked with me like, oh, I can make time for this. And so I added it to my morning routine to just sit in silence <clears throat> and what I do when I, I pray is I breathe in peace and I breathe out, be still. And I just repeat that over and over, peace, be still. 
And of course, my brain is going down all these rabbit trails and I'll be sitting there, peace be still, peace be still. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about the grocery list or something with the kids. What my spiritual director taught me is, Lisa, let those thoughts flow by. Like you're sitting on the shore of a river and all those thoughts, just let them flow by. It's all right. And just bring your focus back to peace be still. And so I've been practicing it and I think it's kind of transformative. I really do. I think it it's very regulating for one thing because when we're doing centering prayer, we are co-regulating really with the Lord. We are leaning into God as our regulating safe person in space and we're calming ourselves in his presence, you know? So I think that has really become newly important and it's really beautiful. It's very calming. It's very peaceful. And yeah, I think it's something that's really anchoring in my life now and I'm really thankful for it. Yeah. Just to be all is such a huge proponent to that. He, Suzanne Stabile is one of my favorite Enneagram teachers. And so her husband, Joe, is a pastor and a former Vincentian priest. And he talks about how that is the contemplative spiritual practice that like literally everyone needs to do. And we'll link to a teaching on that because I think it's really cool. But I love like, I think at first, because I'm such an action-oriented person when I started that practice, and I've had seasons where like I'm better at it and seasons where it's kind of fallen by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But I was like expecting to get to the end and like be able to like tangibly be like, God said this or yeah. this happened while I was like so obedient in my centering prayer. But he has a line in his teaching on it where he's like, it's not your business, like what God's doing with you. It's just about the obedience of doing it. It's not like the outcome is not the focus. And that really helped me because I was putting all this like pressure on myself to feel different, to think differently, to have like a word, you know, Mm -hmm. that I had felt like God had spoken to me at the end. And when so when I realized Joe doesn't think it's any of my business what happened in those, you know, 10 or 20, I'm I'm not up to 20. I started Mm -hmm. at 10 and then I was like, I'll move up to 20 and I'm still stuck at 10 a year and some change later. Well, I didn't say I'm at 20 yet. So Um, that was, yeah, that was really freeing. You keep adding a minute. Mm -hmm. I also found that where I do it, like I was just doing it on the sofa, which is where I do a lot of my morning routine. But when Mm -hmm. the weather's tolerable, I find that it's much easier, even just sitting on my patio, like even if there's just a little bit of nature around Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. has been helpful as well. Yeah, I think for me, I I haven't been so outcome focused as much as I just am saying to the Lord, I choose you. I choose this time with you. It's like wanting to sit with Russ, you know, and we don't have to talk to each other. We can just be together. I think that's what this feels like for me. I do think it's helping me to have maybe a different perspective about some things, you know, be a little calmer and less caught up in some things, but really it is about time with God and prioritizing. And for me, what I have found helps me focus the most is I sit on the floor. I sit on the floor and 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 try to sit in a posture that's I have to I can't get so relaxed that I just totally drift away, you know? Yeah. I just sit in a posture that requires a little bit of attentiveness 
so that I remember them doing something intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good. I mean, even as a non-spiritual practice, like the idea of meditation, right? Just quieting our mind, quieting our body. Mm -hmm. We know decreases stress and increases that gap between stimulus and response. So whatever your faith orientation is, like the practice of sitting still and doing the Mm -hmm. best to let the thoughts float by and just focusing on your breath is such a good practice for everyone, Mm -hmm. especially when we're trying to, you know, be more patient, have more compassion, Mm -hmm. reclaim compassion for, Mm -hmm. you know, all the people, all the things, including ourselves. It's good nervous system care, which is what we're talking about all the time is caring for your nervous system. So yeah, even if you don't share our faith, sitting in silence and quiet is just, it's good. It's good for us. And then it's called meditation. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. One more question, Melissa. Now you may have answered this a tiny bit, so you're going to have to come up with a second answer. What is one new thing you want to explore in 2024? Many parents who deal with big behaviors are looking for practical solutions and may also be struggling with blocked care. Private coaching or group programs that require regular Zoom meetings place even more burden on your already busy lives. We've created a group coaching program that fits your busy schedule, goes where you go, and provides true transformation. Reclaim Compassion is like having experienced coaches and a support group in your back pocket accessible from a computer or mobile device when you need it and wherever you are. We provide a clear roadmap for transformation for families struggling with challenging behavior and possibly blocked care. In our program, you'll reclaim compassion for yourself, your child, and hope for your family. It's never too late to begin your family's transformation journey. For more information or to sign up, go to reclaimcompassion.com. I want to just be curious to new possibilities like as much as I'm up for a new adventure I also really co-regulate and anchor against routine and like I, I I have a really firm foundation in really familiar things and I think some of those things may not be serving Like, I think I might be stuck, like, too attached to that foundation as, like, my regulating force. And so just kind of thinking about what am I willing, like, like, am I holding on with tight fists or am I willing to kind of, like, say, like, okay, God, like, what's the next adventure that kind of is so big that it feels like it uproots something? And Mm -hmm. so that's what I think I'm trying to, I, I do feel like God's saying you might have to start letting go of some things that you're holding on to a little too tightly. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Lisa. So what's one new thing you want to explore in 2024? Well, I'm already pressing into it a bit. I was invited to co-author a book and it's an unusual situation because Most commonly, when I write and speak, I do that from my role as an adoptive mom. But in this instance, I was asked to write from my perspective as a first or birth mom. To be honest, when they came to me with this book, they already had a publisher. 
And I originally told, there are two other co-authors and I originally told them, you know, I don't, I don't think this is my project to do. I mean, I already have so much going on, but the other two authors and the publisher were convinced it was mine to do. And so I, I thought about it a lot and I thought, gosh, I just, I don't know emotionally how deeply I can go into that because it's such a painful story for me and it's so very sad. However, it's also very, very formative. I mean, a lot of who I am and the ministry and work I do now is tied completely to my experience as a first and birth mom and even my transition to becoming an adoptive mom. I mean, it's all like this very personal redemptive story in my life. And so I'm exploring it, whether willingly or unwillingly. I am digging deeper into my story as a first mom and wanting to help other first moms and and birth moms, as well as the rest of the triad. You know, like we have to listen to each other. We can't assume we know. I can't assume I know how an adoptee feels because I'm not an adoptee, you know? And I don't think, and of course, we're all different too. Just the way I experience being a first or birth mom is different from how other women have experienced it, but it is my experience. It's my story. So yeah, digging into that more and a little hesitantly. And some days it kind of takes a lot out of me, to be honest. But yeah, that's, that is what I'm doing. And, and just to give some kind of perspective of what the book, the title of the book, the working title is Healing for Every Heart and Adoption. Redemptive Strategies and Prayers for Adoptive Parents, Adoptees, and Birth Parents. So a very different project. It's supposed to come out a year next November, November 2024. I'm excited for it. Mostly because I think I enjoy watching people across the triad and the adoption constellation listen to each other and work together. Um, Yeah. And it's tricky. So it's tricky. It's, I mean, it's, if I, I, fortunately, these other two authors, I've just, there's one's an adoptee and one's an adoptive mom. I'm just really thankful for them and their grace toward me. Like when I am struggling or, yeah, they, they've been really, really, really kind and good to me. So, so that's yeah. that. All right. Well, you said last question, but you put one in our notes that I'm kind of attached to now. So bonus question, what do you have right now that five years ago you only dreamed about having? Well, books. I mean, who would have dreamed? You know, like I, I started blogging in 2006 and had this dream of writing this book that I ended up being able to write with Dr. Purvis. I mean, what an incredible, I still think back on that and think, wow, only the Lord. That's just amazing. I got to write The Connected Parent. And then together you and I wrote Reclaim Compassion. And so Connected Parent came out in 2020. Reclaim Compassion came out in 2023. We released- funny to think that a year ago (laughs) that we were, I mean, we were working on it, but we didn't, it wasn't finished. (laughs) No, that, that was really like, my big project for, maybe that's why I was supposed to stay home with my kids so much. I was supposed to stay home and write. I don't know. 
And then we released our curriculum foundations for preventing and overcoming black care. So, you know, all of that. And then to think that a book's coming out in 2024. And what's funny to me is I have not been a solo author on a single one of these books. I never knew I was such a collaborative person, but apparently I am. And I just didn't know. And honestly, the fact that adoption wise now we've existed for five years. When we started talking five years ago, we were just going to do a joint podcast. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? I think I'm kind of attached to the question because of the five year piece and because it, I'm thinking about that we launched the podcast in August of 2018. So about five years ago. And just to think about all the opportunities we've had to share our stories with other people, the things we've learned along the way in order to help the parents that we work with, the book, like the fact that we have this community that we created that I, I don't know. I just, you know, neither you nor I have a ton of business experience. Like neither of us came out of like corporate America to start a business. (laughs) And I I tell people. I know. I tell people all the time, like, I think one of the reasons why I'm so grateful for this experience and a little bit in awe of it is because a lot of times I think like neither one of us have ever any business owning a business in a lot of senses. And like this and this couldn't have happened 10 years ago, even. I mean, the Internet and virtual spaces. I mean, one, just our geographic non-proximity to each other. We're literally on opposite (laughs) ends of the country. We have learned what we've learned about business because of things like online courses, like my degrees in engineering. Yours (laughs) is not in business either. Psychology. psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which also feels more relevant to what we're doing. But I mean, we just like, we've literally just put one foot in front of the other. We've walked Mm -hmm. through as many open doors as we could see sometimes create and it just I I literally five years ago would not have dreamed that this was even possible so I'm really thankful for that I am too I am really thankful and I thought of one other really important thing five years ago I did not know I would have my two beautiful granddaughters like what a sweet sweet blessing you know I I feel like I waited a long time to be a grandma. I thought I was going to be such a young grandma. And then we waited a super long time. And then both our granddaughters were born just May of 2022 and October. Is that right? October 2020. Yeah. They both are one year old now. And wow. I mean, what a precious gift. And you know, because you have grandchildren, but it's just kind of blown me away. And I think when parenting is really, really, really hard. And then you get to see these beautiful little grandchildren who have secure attachment and they're just so much joy and so beautiful. Wow. It's been a treasure. I'm just profoundly grateful. And I'm so happy to watch Russ be a grandfather and his joy in these little girls, man, doesn't get a whole lot better. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because five years ago, I guess we knew we were going to be grandparents, but just a little over five years ago, uh, I would not have dreamt that we would still have a toddler in the house. (laughs) We also have gained two 
grandchildren in the last five years. And I think this is the other thing. Whenever I pick a five-year period to reflect on, at least in our family, like things drastically change. Like literally, if you take any five-year period in our family history, Mm -hmm. I mean, things just change so fast. And so whenever people start talking about like five-year goals, five-year planning, I'm like, here's the thing. I love looking into the future, but like thinking about that to me is almost laughable because five years ago, we barely had a podcast. It really Mm -hmm. really wasn't an actual business quite yet. You know, neither one of us had grandkids. Now, I I would have thought we were like well on our way to empty nests. And here we are with four kids and a grandkid still living at home. Like so many things have changed. You know, my dad was really healthy. Like that was a weird thing to, to walk through, like kind of unexpected. So I, I, yeah. So I think even this exercise is again, like this people is why I don't do five year planning because like, (laughs) who knows? What because we in the have next five no years. Yeah, yeah. We can make our plans, but we better hold them loosely. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so we hope that you take these questions. We'll <clears throat> pop them into the show notes and do a little reflection of your own. Like we said last year, I think maybe grab a cup of coffee with a friend or a couple friends yes. and bring these questions along. What great conversation starters. They make great dinner conversation with your family. As always, we are incredibly grateful for those of you who are on the other side of these microphones listening. The fact that you all still listen and make it so that we can do this as part of our job. Like it still cracks me up that I get to talk for a living. Yeah. <laughs> like me too. Literally, me too. Like, Every report card all through job. school, Lisa talks too much in class and now I get to talk. So just a no. reminder, our friends, that like your kids like Kryptonite can also be their superpower, right? Because I also right. was always in trouble for talking in school. So yeah. anyway, I think yeah. as we wrap up this year of the podcast, just really grateful for all of you who listen, who write us notes on social media, telling mm-hmm. us how different episodes affect you. If you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player, we read all of those and they mean the world mm-hmm. to us because this is so much kind of a one-sided conversation and those reviews help us just know that what we're doing is important and it matters and that we're still producing content that is helpful to those of you who are listening. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. We really, we think about you all the time. We really, really do. do. We think (laughs) about you. We ask ourselves, what would they want to hear? How can we serve them? What should we create? So we are thinking about you and we hope that 2023 Uh, closes out in a good way for you and that you have a lot to look forward to in 2024 and we will be back before you go we'd love to connect with you on social media our instagram handle is at adoptionwise or better yet join our free facebook community at adoptionwise.org slash facebook thanks so much for listening we love having you remember you're a good parent doing good work Music for the podcast is composed by Alexandra Alexandrov.